Hey, everybody. Welcome down to another edition of Dive Bar Mitzvah. Hey, it is me, your pal, Ian. Um, tonight, we are in a very special place. We are in the, near the silos of Great South Minneapolis, right here off of the light rail line. We are here at the Cardinal Bar, um, a bar that had traditionally been a 3-2 place, and I think they've recently gone full alcohol, even though you can just get beer here. Uh, we're close to the, the, the dart boards. Um, the nice waitress offered to turn down the journey for us, so this is already going well, and this is going to be a great episode. Um, tonight's a bit of a weird one. Um, in the 23 episodes I've done here, I've uh, always pulled somebody I kind of knew, which are training wheels, and you should know to, you need to ditch those training wheels right away. So today we're jumping into a new era. I'm interviewing somebody who I just met. <laughs> There's magic in the air. You're going to feel chemistry, people. It's going to be flying right at you. Um, and it's, it's a great time to be interviewing him. Uh, he has a film about to debut at the Minneapolis St. Paul International Film Festival, or as it's better known, M-Spiff. Uh, and it's going to be uh, in the next couple weeks at the, uh, I'll let him plug in a second. He'll do a better job than I do. But uh, it's about a beloved local figure uh, who's passed on. And, you know, Easter just came, so, hey, that's almost topical. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our, our interviewee, our guest here on, on Dive Bar for today, Brandon Croson. How you doing, Brandon? Good, man. How you doing, Ian? Doing good. Um, so, and when is the big debut of this? And let's and then actually, let's go over it. Uh, it's called The World Has No Idea. Yep. Um, and it's a documentary about Michael Larson. Idea. Yep. So, yeah, you have to understand that's how it's spelled. Um this is great, um, and I can only imagine how long you took to work on this. We'll get on all that, but first things first, when does this thing debut? Because it's about to sell out. Hell yeah, world premieres, uh, world premieres April 18th at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Film Festival. It's going to play over at St. Anthony Main Theater, and like you already just plugged a second ago, it's about to sell out. Like literally earlier today, MSPIFF announced on Twitter that you know tickets are going super quick. There's going to be another showing on the 21st, though. Good, so okay, yeah, I was about to say, because that's when you have to get on it. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's when, you, when, they, when you have the success at your back, you just book as many of these damn things as possible. <laughs> Um, and how's M. Spiff been to work with? I've, I've done a little bit of work with them in the past, and I always thought they were great. Yeah, no, they've been really helpful. Like, I was just really, I, you know, it was, it's my first feature film, so to uh, get accepted into the biggest film festival, or the oldest and most prestigious yeah. film festival in Minneapolis, was like, or in the state, rather, was kind of a big deal for That's, me. So. It's great, and we, I believe, have similar uh, educational backgrounds. I believe you went to my alma mater of MCTC, didn't you? Oh, hell yeah, I did, I yeah. went back, I, I, I went to MCTC so long ago, it was just known as MCC. They didn't even have the technical <laughs> part yet. They are two separate schools, and that uh, set me up for a, a lifelong career of uh, of drinking on camera and, and doing podcasts, you know, but I'm glad to see you've actually done something with your education. So what made you get into film? Because uh, I took film courses there forever ago when it was like when you had to, I mean, this was like the, the dark ages of the mid 90s when everything was done on 16 millimeter. And I had friends <laughs> like I was just starting like film 101 and the people who were like three years ahead of me, it was a nightmare because I'd be like they're working on their on their on their final and it's a 16 millimeter. I'm like, how much does this cost? And they're like, like $8,000. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, honestly, asking me at like 18 years old to get you $8,000 was like, well, I would like to land on Mars and get elected president while doing it. Like, I had no, <laughs> no damn shit. idea how to get $8,000 fucking dollars. Fuck that. Right. Uh, but now, much better period. Uh, and I assume a great time to, to get into this. Uh, I mean, what made you pick film? What? Uh, I'll get back to the original question. For sure. I, uh... Man, I I worked with my hands for like a million years, and then somewhere mm. in my mid twenties, I just kind of got tired of paying my rent with backaches. And I've yeah. always I've always been a storyteller, like literally since I was six, I've been doing that kind of for fun. Uh -huh. And uh, I 
just started thinking about it. And, you know, you, you, I was always I was always the kind of person that would watch certain movies and TV shows and stuff and be like, the writing sucks. Here's yeah, a plot hole. There's a plot hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was I would do that like on reflex automatically all the time. So it just a lot of fun like, to watch a movie with. I'd imagine. Like, yeah. Where's the continuity? <laughs> he totally wasn't wearing a watch in the last damn scene. Right. I, I literally I, I loved I loved uh, Batman versus Superman about 75 percent of the way through, and then I was literally yelling at the screen. Yeah. Like, why yeah. would you turn yeah. it on that note? Yeah. Lazy writing. Yeah. Yeah. But and nobody and, and and I heard earlier there's not a clear winner, which really disappointing. Oh Batman no, bullshit! Super, Batman totally figure, won. Oh, Batman totally okay, won. Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess spoiler alert, everybody. Sorry. Yeah, Batman wins. End of story. Superman sucks. Move on. Which, which is fine <laughs> with me. I've always been a Batman man. Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, granted, rich kid, you know, but I'll let it, let that pass since they since his parents. He's died. such a badass. You kind of have to let the rich kid thing go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like he paid his dues enough, and right. he's got a cool pad. Right. He's got he's got a manservant, but yeah. his name's Alfred, so I guess that's cool. That's pretty badass. Like, yeah, I, I, I could use an Alfred. I'll be honest. It would and be my I would life really easier. like to meet somebody who could talk me into Superman because my entire <laughs> life I've been like, what's the day? I mean, like Superman and Mickey Mouse. I've never understood the damn appeal. And people, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, you know, back in the day, it was just like, well, this is obviously like old people stuff. Right. Like, this is popular in the '30s. I assume this is dying off. And now yeah. here I am, you know, almost 40, and kids still love Mickey Mouse. Like, why? Like, I mean, <laughs> what has Mickey Mouse done since your parents were born? Like, nothing. Like, I mean, like, he, there's nothing. He's right. got some parks. Yeah. He's an icon. You might as well be wearing, like, a can of Coke on your chest. It doesn't make any damn sense. Ironically, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is my 10-month-old favorite show, I swear. Really? Like, that's, like, the guaranteed, like, whatever I'm doing that he's distracted by, if you I get, just put that on, he will sit right down and leave me alone. Like You got a just, kid? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I just got a ten month old inside. No, I just yeah. have him hang out at the yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. A buddy of mine dropped yeah, him off yeah. one day, and I was like, "Cool, we're gonna be drinking partners." Yeah, and, uh, exactly. <laughs> now, why Michael Larson? Did you did you know idea? I did not actually. I'm a huge fan of his work. Like I've literally got most of his catalog memorized verbatim. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him perform live one time. Uh, ironically, in Flagstaff, Arizona, of all places. Really? Like I, yeah, I grew up in South Minneapolis my okay. whole life. He grew up in St. Paul his whole life. Yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona is where... Where you accidentally saw him. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, weird. But uh, but I've, I've always been a huge fan. I just I was never big into like a lot of concerts, you know what I mean? Like okay. I, I was just never really a scenester, and uh, that's my explanation for that, I guess. Like, so, but I But I bought all the albums and like literally know most of his catalog verbatim. So you were a fan when he was still kicking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. Like Literally, I, I want to say... Uh, I want to say the first time I like started listening to his music, I was 17. Probably. Okay, great, yeah. So yeah, so you started uh, looking into <laughs> doing film, and was this an idea that had been percolating in the back of your head for a while? Because this is a story that hasn't been told, and unless you're like a local who knew people, you might not have even known he died. I mean, it was just kind of like one day he wasn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's something that it's something that I I remember kind of thinking like that would be really like I'd love I'd wa- I'd love to watch that documentary exactly. when I first heard about it yep. that kind of a thing. And then, like you know, years after he passed, I uh, I became friends with his mom, Kathy. Okay. And I like I wasn't the first person to mention a documentary. I'd to imagine Please not. believe that. Like yeah, everybody yeah. asked her a million times. And I think I br- I brought it up to her once, like the first time we met. And then like she didn't you know have a favorable response, and I just never brought it up again. And then like yeah. however many like a couple of years went by, and then uh, she we're hanging out one day, and she asked me to because uh, we had a bunch of mutual friends too, and okay. you know, just so just organically worked out that way. Yeah, yeah. And she uh, one of the many great things about Minneapolis. Yeah, right. Yeah, City's yeah. not that big. Yeah, it's yeah. not that big. So she, uh, but she was making the the Then and Now DVD, mm-hmm. which is a collection of a bunch of yep. concerts of his and stuff like that. And she was thinking about doing one for uh, like for 
one very similar to the now DVD, but more focused on the Oliver Hart time period, yep. et cetera. We were talking about it, and, and she, oh, that's what it was. She asked me if I could transfer a bunch of VHSs that she had of some of his live shows right. to digital. And she, I was like, of course. And she was like, well, how much would you charge? And I was like, for you, I do that for free. You kidding exactly. me? Like, I, get, yeah, I yeah. get to have idea footage on my computer that no one Perfect. else has seen. I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for the present. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, uh, so I transferred that to her, got it to her, and we're hanging out. And I was like, you know, if you, if you just interviewed the right people and spliced it together with some of this footage the right way, like, you'd have a feature-length documentary that it. actually would go somewhere for yep. the simple fact that you already have a fan base of people that really are curious about what happened, what was it like, blah, 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 yeah. like, you know, excuse me, and she's like, well, I don't know how to do that, and I was like, I do, Kathy. <laughs> well, funny you I should do. mention. Right. So, and how is that? I mean, because what, where's she at on this? Because, you know, I mean, of course her son, amazingly talented. Um, and a lot of people just fell in love with them, but I mean, still, if her son's passed away, how hard is that to talk to her about this? I mean, how has how has she been? How is, how was she receptive to this? I feel like, like I feel like Kathy's a grieving mother, obviously. Of yeah, and uh, but I think that that him having so many fans and like and the how alive, like keeping his memory alive, is mm -hmm. part of her grieving process. Does that make sense? Yeah. So she doesn't get weird. I mean, sometimes you can tell like she just is tired of. You know, she gets tired of it sometimes. Like if a stranger comes up and like brings it up the wrong yeah. way or whatever, brings up the wrong, uh, the wrong topic. You know, like pretty much anything outside of I loved his work. Thank you for you know birthing yeah, a genius yeah, yeah. rapper and musician. Like anything outside of that is just kind of she, she'll you know it it gets it gets well. It, 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 watch the documentary and you'll see more about that part. But yeah, uh, yeah, because that's gotta be. I mean, I mean, I've seen other parents of deceased stars handle it. And it's just got to be this weird thing. So there's an immense pride, but so dipped in sorrow that your kid kicked off. I mean, that's just, I mean, and they, they managed a lot of times to handle it well. But, I mean, I don't know if I could shoulder that burden, you know? Yeah, I think I, I would lose it, honestly. I don't even know how I would cope with that. Yeah. Now, and how did you first discover Idea? Let's go backwards a little bit here. Uh, I mean, grew up in Minneapolis, and I've always been, like, an old-school Rhymesayers head since I was, like, 16 or something. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think around 17 was the first time I heard an Idea song. I want to say it was one him and Slug did. And loved that. Tracked yeah. down all of his work. Loved everything I heard. And every time he dropped something, there, there's literally, like, and I have, I have a very eclectic taste in music. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I like classical. Sometimes I want to listen to blues. Sometimes rock. Anything yeah. but country, basically, yeah. is where I'm at. But, uh... The in particular though, like there's there's three artists that I like actually cop every single thing that they drop and like listen to every song yeah. and like have opinions and overanalyze. Be a it. completist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Idea was definitely one of them. So. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So and the thing that I've come across and I've done some film work in the past where I felt like I knew too much and it became almost hard to take on the subject because you realize you know the wealth of information there is and then your brain just fills up and then you forget. Where you're at? Did you have that problem at all? As being a lifelong or a, a longtime fan of Idea, as far as like making the documentary, yeah, or because just, I mean, yeah. there's like it's so much of the story you want to tell, it becomes it's, impossible to get it out. Yeah, the, the yeah. suddenly the couch becomes larger than the apartment, exactly. and you can't move the fucking thing in. Yeah, really good metaphor, very accurate. Yeah, it because because I got you got an hour and a half, two hours tops, and I'm a first time yeah. filmmaker, so I, originally the first the, the, one of the original cuts of it was like two hours long. And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm probably I should I should trim it down a little mm -hmm. bit. And then uh, one of the things, as a result of that, as a result of being like, well, there's all these good stories, I can't actually like tell all of them in the time allotted. Yeah, uh, was uh, the web series that we put out or of whatever. Of course, yeah, yeah. And then that can be viewed right now where you, on YouTube or if you go to www.theworldhasnoidea.com. Uh, 
the whole, all of them are right there and on the playlist. And it's a good stretch. I mean, it's got to be, what, a half an hour, 45 minutes worth of material right there, I think there, it's right? like 52. It's yeah. like nine episodes or so, and, and they're all like five, seven minutes or so. And just the uh, interviews like with Slug seem like, like, how the hell did this get cut out? But, I mean, if, that stu- if, if that's so good, just imagine what made it in. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard, honestly. Like in a lot of them, a lot of them are really a lot of the, the stuff in the in the web series are really they're just really good personal stories that yeah. I was like I couldn't in good conscience like not you have the stuff there. You use it I mean? somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned Rhymesayers <laughs> and Slug. How have they been on this? Have they been an asset in this? Because I mean, they were he was signed to them. Um, I mean, and I assume this would be like their best thing to have somebody do a documentary about their one of their artists, right? Well, they they've been very helpful, honestly. They've been really cool about it, and Slug's in it, and uh, who else? Who else from Rhymesayers? I got Slugs in it. Uh, Felipe Quatley from Los Antivos <laughs> is in it. Um, I'm drawing a blank. It's a list. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've got, and it's not, it's not as many, as many, as many rhymes. Like I didn't like get everybody on Rhymesayers and whatever, whatever. Because well, it's then you look like a whore. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it's about. And we're gonna do it at the store. It'd be great. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was about, it was about, uh, you know, it's about ideas. So yeah, people that like, for for example, people that knew him. Because if I, I could do like a whole other documentary just on rappers that knew him and people that were on tour them or whatever, yeah. but I felt like I'm trying to like cover the man's life. So people that knew him, like the friend that known that's known him since first grade, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that guy's got some fucking stories, of you course. know what I mean? Like so, we, there's a lot more of that than there are uh, there are musicians and whatnot. But Rhyme Stairs has been really really cool about it. It's something that I'm working on. The documentary is actually me and Kathy's project. Mm-hmm. Like she's like Kathy's my co-producer and I. Kathy being his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy, yeah, yeah. Yep. Kathy Abril. And then I'm uh I you know directed produced. Edited, did the graphics and visual yeah, effects, the whole marketed, damn the lot of thing. Yeah. yeah, like yep. all the heavy lifting. Um, so, but they've but they've been you know they've been cool and supportive and all that good stuff. So, and how has it been to work with his mom? I mean, so to, to birth something like this, I mean, did she kind of let give you the uh, creative freedom you need to actually be able to tell the story? Because I mean, you can't do a documentary without warts and all, right? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty much. It, she she had a uh, there's a couple of things that we man, how do I even answer that? Can you restate the question? <laughs> uh, no, no, I guess I can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, cause, I mean if you're a parent, you know, I mean, and to have somebody do a documentary on your son, deceased or not, I mean, you kind of want to spiff it up a little bit, but I mean, oh, well, that's okay. not possible. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you're making a documentary, you want to make a statement, right? Yeah. And I'm not kidding when I say I'm a huge idea fan, literally since my teens. You'd so have to be because, I, I mean, in real quick side question, how much damn time did you spend on this thing? A year. Just a year. Pretty I'm much. surprised. Wow. I mean, that must have been an intensive year because you shot a lot. I got to, thank you. Yeah. And I got to look into, uh, it was a lot of interviews and I got to actually look into all of his like hard drives and backup. I got like Oliver Hart's my favorite album. I got to look at the backup, the disc from that to see like the wow. different changes he made from one draft of the really? song to the next and all that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got super like, I just, he was, he's been my obsession for the past year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I was just, I'm just like, I'm running with this. So, and I, I think it was really helpful. Like there's a lot of different stuff. Like some of the, one of the things I do in the web series, for example, and a couple of times in the documentary, I'll take a still photo and I'll kind of animate the face and, and yeah, put it and, to and the Yeah, and you make the mouth move, make them blink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple of times people have noticed, like, well, hey, that lyric, like, what's that from, blah, blah, blah. And it's because it's from unreleased stuff that I really? you know, that I got off the hard drives or from that I got from live shows of his of, like, a song he did once in public and that was it. That so as an idea fan, not only will you find out stuff you didn't know about the man, but you'll hear stuff you haven't heard anywhere else. Yeah. If you need anybody to write your tags for you, I'm, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But anyway, but uh, we're, we're asking about, uh, talking about his mom. Oh, right, right, right. No, she's been uh, she's been cool about it. So, okay, so like I was saying, when you make a documentary, you want to make a statement, right? Mine's real straightforward. Michael Larson was a fucking genius. If you mm-hmm. weren't aware of his music when he was around, you missed out on something really special and amazing. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to hate. 
on the way I want to portray it because I want to portray that your son was a genius. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so we've never really had like a lot of conflicts in that regard or anything like that. You know, there's a like when we when we watched one of the earlier drafts, like the one criticism Kathy gave me was she's like, I think I'm in it too much, but I just hate seeing myself on camera. That's yeah. kind of my opinion on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. She's been really cool and easy to work with. You know what I mean? Well, that's great. And it helps too that she like because we were actually like friends for a minute before we even started working on this. You know what I mean? So and you knew her just organically, as we said. How I mean, so you knew people who knew people. I mean, how that sounds too good to be true, <laughs> even in even in this tiny incestuous ass town we live in. <laughs> Well, her basically, she's so she's got a really good friend named Michelle who does music and uh, who lives with her and whatnot. So it was a musical and, family. So he was around yeah. musicians. Okay. Yep. Because I've not seen the movie because sure. it's under lock and key. Oh yeah. It's like, in a vault underneath the yeah, underneath the city right now, waiting to waiting <laughs> to spring forth into life at the <laughs> Minneapolis St. Paul International Film Festival. Hell yeah. But I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah. But the, a musical family. Yeah. So my uh, my audio engineer that I made my award-winning short film with in a couple of like web ads that I've done for local businesses and comedic sketches we did for Funny or Die, blah, blah, blah. Her name's Sydney. Her mother, Michelle, was really tight with uh, Kathy and was friends with Michael when he was around and yeah. et cetera. Excuse me. Um, and that, like, that's how I met all of them. And it was, it's funny because I'd actually known Michelle and, and Sydney for years too before I found out that they actually knew Ideas Family and like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was so this wasn't, weird. this wasn't in the back of your mind. Like, you know, I got to meet, I got to meet people close to them. No, that wasn't like, no, it wasn't that kind of a thing at all. It was mm. super organic. She was just like, oh, hey, like. Because there's no way to pull that off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no damn way <laughs> just, just to play it. Like, oh, no, it's cool. You try yeah. to, you try to force it and you come off like yeah, an yeah. ass. Trust yeah, me. Exactly. I probably, I just, just like. <laughs> I legitimately have probably come off uh, too too enthusiastic at like around anybody at motherfucking rhyme series to yeah, be honest yeah, yeah. with you. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you get all amped up, like oh my god, I've been listening to your music my whole life. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't you can't force that shit. It kind of has to happen natural. You know? That's like, why you should <laughs> never meet your heroes. They say never meet your heroes Seriously. because they'll never live up to your expectations. But what will really happen is you'll just look like an asshole in front of your heroes. Yeah. And, and they're not going to sit there and coddle you. Truth, yeah. truth. I'm yeah. like I'm like I'm like talk, it's like my second time talking to people. I'm like, have you heard about the screenplay I got going? You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. just dumb shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been cool about it. Like I had when they did the the RSC twenty thing at the Target Center. I had, mm -hmm. me and Kathy had all access passes to that, and like, That's great. So I was hanging out with those guys there. And uh, and then at the when we did the five year memorial show uh, at first half back in November or whatever, like Slug was there for that, and Sadiq and a lot of those guys. So, so they continue to be sub, uh, supportive of the family. Yeah, I mean I definitely. guess it's just it's extended family for Rhyme Sayers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, they're very they're very close knit group. Now, and I guess uh, the next question would have to be: I mean, what did you learn? What's the most impressive thing you learned, and not necessarily impressive about him, but the, the biggest thing that cracked open for you while you were working on this? Because you're dealing with, you know, tons of information, basically, all sorts of unreleased things. And really, as a documentarian, the one thing, the one person who you want to teach is yourself. Otherwise, I mean, if you weren't interested in it, you wouldn't have gone down this alley in the first place. What was the biggest thing you learned over the process of doing this movie? I know man. that's a big fucking yeah, question. Yeah, that is a big fucking question. I'm like, I'll top, <laughs> off, I'll top off your beer while you think of an answer. Thank you, yeah. We're drinking delicious Pabst Blue Ribbon. Hell yeah, shout out to Pabst. They're my sponsor. Oh, really yeah. nice. I love it. I love it. I'm a whore, too. <laughs> but, uh, man, I don't really think there's a a biggest thing. It's kind of a It's kind of a list of things, you know what I mean? Like... Okay, like, one of the things I really admired about Michael as an artist was, okay, so The Many Faces of Oliver Hart is my favorite album, yeah. period, of any album anyone's ever made. Really? That's and the my history favorite of one. albums, history that's of the one. History of all albums, that is the one. And he uh, he produced all the music himself, he recorded it himself, wrote, rapped it himself, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was a do-it-yourself project. And did he do that in studio, or did he do that, like, out of apartments? He How did that, you? he did, he, had a, he has a basement okay. studio. Oh, okay, at, so both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, so... 
I really applied that kind of mentality to my own career, like well before, well before the documentary, like my award-winning short film and like sketch comics, com- comedic. Is the name of it like award-winning that. short film because you called it that twice? Sorry, I know, right? <laughs> it, it's called April Thirteenth. It's like tell me about minutes. it. Well, here, let's take a quick side note. We can we can talk about other things. What? Tell me about the award-winning short film. Sure, it's a uh, it's just a fifteen-minute short comedy. It's called April Thirteenth. Back in like twenty thirteen, I it got which is coming up April thirteenth, isn't it? Yeah. Ironically, yeah, ironically. <laughs> I was really hoping when they told me the premiere was going to be in April, I was literally like telling friends of mine, like, fingers crossed it comes out on April 13th. I would talk so much shit about synergy (laughs) and how the universe is having my back right now. (laughs) But anyways, it's uh, this 15-minute comedy we made, uh, me and a bunch of friends of mine way back in the day. But like, so in 2013, it was an official selection for the Polygrind Film Festival, so it had its world premiere over in Vegas. And then it also uh, won the Silver Screen Award at the Nevada International that same year. Wow. So I was cracking jokes about it because I submitted, ironically, I submitted to MSPIFF. You know, back uh-huh. then, but I got the shoot down or whatever. But yeah. Vegas was loving me. Vegas was loving me. Don't that figure. Year, that's so, yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, if you got to go somewhere, do you want to go to St. Anthony, Maine, or you want to go to Vegas? <laughs> yeah, right. Going to fucking Vegas every time. I love St. Anthony. It's like two blocks away from my house. Right. But if but, I'm gonna hang out at the Palms, I'm gonna hang out at the Palms. Hell yeah, they're not serving drinks at St. Anthony. That's the difference. <laughs> See, that's not right. That's not right. Anyway, though, there was a question there. I forget what it was. Oh. uh... You said biggest thing I learned. Yeah, 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 that's where we're at. Basically, just how. Okay, it, and this is like I'll, I'll try to like th- this is like a whole speech that I usually give like a lot of people that I know, but I'll try to like trim it down. But um, he he wanted to do something like whatever it was, whether it was break dancing, whether it was punk rock, whether it was the guitar, whether it was rapping, whatever. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do something, so then he just obsessed over doing that thing and made that the priority over a lot of other BS in his life. At his absolute best periods in life where he was where he was impressive all the time and where you know where he established his himself and the name idea got out and became a thing, etc. That was how he got there, was applying that kind of a mentality. Yeah. And when he got distracted by by what I'm just going to call dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> takes us all down. I mean, yeah, really, yeah. black, white, doesn't matter where you live, dumb shit will come for you. Yeah, it's, it's, no our, it's our job as a species <laughs> to sidestep dumb shit. Yeah. Seriously. And just focus on, on what's important and on your goals and et cetera. But anyways, that was the biggest thing for me, I suppose. And I kind of already knew that. But being able to see, like, how he got so good at a lot of the things he did and how much time and energy he put into it. Like, the studio in his basement before, like, we talk about this in the documentary, too, but the studio that's in his basement, before it was a studio, he had uh, a linoleum thing duct taped to the floor, and that's where he would practice his breakdance. Okay, like, he yeah, would just, yeah, yeah. You know, he would literally, like, just focus on getting better at the thing that he wanted to get better at most of the time, mm-hmm. at his absolute best. And that's kind of that's kind of what I learned, man, you know? And I... I I really, I think it's inspiring. You know what I mean? Like, it really fires me up to, to think about like, because when you think of movies in general, like even even this doc, like we had an amazing fan base, amazing support, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Twenty thousand dollars we raised in thirty days. That's man, insane. That fucking blew my mind. Yeah, totally wasn't expecting that. Still though, the film's competing against movies that have a hundred thousand to million dollar budgets behind it and yeah. shit like yeah. that. You know what yeah. I mean? So where they have a twenty thousand dollar catering bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things, but. But at the same time, at the same time, what I like, I look at it and I'm like, well, that you know, that that kind of shit didn't stop Mike from doing his thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I guess that's the biggest lesson for me is just it doesn't matter how how small time you think you are or whatever, man. Just get good at your at, get good at what you're trying to do and make that the priority. Don't let anything get in your way. Yeah. Now, and, and you mentioned it. How did this, how did the Kickstarter go? So I mean, obviously it went very fucking well. But I mean, yeah. 
how how important was that in this? I mean, could it have been done otherwise? I mean, since you're dealing with, since you know his mom, since you got the footage, since a lot of the people you're interviewing are here in town, I mean, how important was it ultimately? Well, I when we started the Indiegogo, I was trying to raise six. Sorry, grand. Indiegogo. I'm using I'm using Kickstarter like Coca-Cola. Oh, everyone or, says or that. Kleenex. Yeah, yeah everyone right. Does everyone that. does that. Anyway, no worries. Indiegogo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we did the Indiegogo, it uh, the goal was six thousand, and that was literally just me crunching some numbers and being like. I think I could do this. I could do it for this and not go broke doing it. Yeah, because yeah. it is straightforward. Like I know the people. Uh, I've got I've got the gear to be able to record it. I've got the gear yep. to be able to edit it. I know how to submit to film festivals. Mm-hmm. I know how to market some shit. Yada yep. yada yada. But I also have fucking bills to pay because yep, we live sure. in a capitalist society. Yep. And that whole thing that I just listed takes all day. Not all day every day, but every day. Yeah. Sometimes all day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is what it is. It's a progress. Or it's a pro- uh, a process. process. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, and that 20k, like a lot of it, really just you know, just a lot of it was uh, getting us the stuff that we needed, getting us into the right festivals, get, enabling us to be able to travel to go interview certain people at certain events and da da da, uh-huh. so stuff like that. But um, so, but you asked for six thousand dollars. Thank you. That's what I got. Pretty, ADD. Uh, but, uh, well done. <laughs> it would have been seamless had you not pointed it out. <laughs> but yeah, so you ended up raising twenty thousand dollars on what you initially wanted six thousand dollars. I mean, this has got to be. I mean, rarely. When you when you do anything in the arts, you know, and not not to say anything about Minneapolis, but sometimes, especially Minneapolis, you know, you're like, well, God, I just hope somebody fucking likes it. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, know? man. I mean, yeah. Like, it'd, be, it'd be really cool if somebody, you know, at some point went, hey, nice job, right? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> let alone let alone raising some cash. But, I mean, that's right. got to be nice to walk into this going, well, I got my wind, I got the wind at my back. Yeah. I just got twenty grand. And what kind of premiums did you have on this? What? How did this work? We had. Uh, Grand Six Sense CDs. Grand Six Sense is what Idea and Abilities called themselves before they were Idea and Abilities. Okay. So we had some CDs of those that Kathy and Crushville Recording sells or whatever. She was, uh, so we were giving away some of those. And then there were shirts that I personally made. I literally really? took a stencil that Mike used to use to make shirts back in the day. Oh, really? So the yeah. same damn stencil? The same that's, stencil. That's cool. Well, Kathy was the one making the shirts. I should edit that part. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but it was. That's even cooler. He put his mom to work. Hey, yeah, why not? Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, it's yeah. a family business, right? Yeah. But so I, uh, so I, you know, I made shirts myself. We printed posters, stickers, buttons, um, and then uh, I think like the coolest thing we were giving away was pieces of his desk. Okay. Like, excuse me. Like she would actually, like she actually took the desk apart, had it cut up into little square blocks, and then uh, for every fan that donated, however many yeah. in the hundreds of dollars, yeah. you got a piece of his desk with a little autograph from the mom in addition to everything else. You know what I mean? That's like, really cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And you said earlier you worked with your hands. What kind of stuff did you do before your foray into film? My last full-time job, I was an energy counselor for this local nonprofit called the Center for Energy and Environment. So okay. I basically went around to people's houses, and uh, they didn't—they would—they didn't call it an energy audit. They called it. Uh, who fucking cares what they called yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to give a scolding, yeah, yeah. a scathing review of this whole thing. You're going to okay. love this. Yeah. So, way back in the day, uh, some laws get made that say. If you are a an energy company, right? You have to. I'll get the next picture too, dude. Um, but if you're an energy company, you uh, in the U.S. you have to lower your energy consumption rates by 1.5 percent every single year, right? Okay. Whether you're, so for us, that's Excel and Centerpoint, right? So uh, so Excel and Centerpoint got together and was like, hey, let's make a program that. Uh, Let's make a program where people go around and kind of install different stuff and, and whatever. It's like lower the energy consumption rates in all these houses by just enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they, uh, so that was my last full-time job was an energy counselor for those guys. And it's really not a terrible place to work. I've definitely had worse jobs. The pay was good. You know what I mean? 
my beef with it, with it was uh, at the end of the day. Oh, I thought that was my phone going off. Yeah, I was. What the hell is that? Right. Is that your phone going off? No, it's the TV. Ah, there you go. stupid television. Foiled again. Anyway, keep going though. So see, Ian, it's not about you know, it's a nonprofit. They're not evil or nothing. Mm-hmm. They just. Uh, my problem is, so that program that I worked for. Uh, one of the things that I got in trouble for was there's a thing on a on a water heater, right? Like picture a water heater. I can okay? see it in my head. All right, you know that little bolt right on the top yeah. of the water heater? Mm-hmm. That's called your anode rod, and it leads to uh, this rod that goes down. I didn't expect this to go to water heater territory, Brandon. I gotta I, tell I, you, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind it, of a Renaissance it. man. I know a little uh, bit know. about a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? No, please. Yeah. So so the anode rod dips down to the water heater, and one of the thing it does is through a process of electrolysis is uh, I'm I'm probably slurring the word, but it absorbs all the shit in the water that's going to rust out the interior of the water heater, right? Makes sense, all right. Good. Yeah, so the rod rusts first, and then eventually the inside of the water heater is going to start rusting. There's actually a glass lining in there, too, so you got to wait for the glass line to crack first, blah, 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 blah. Who cares about that? But if you just replace the goddamn anode rod, mm-hmm. it will literally make your water heater last, like, for a whole other lifetime of yeah. it because that's the thing that's that just soaks up all the down. rust. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it literally takes, if you just get a bolt, get a replacement for it, and get the right wrench or whatever, you can knock it out yourself. And... Excuse me. And you, now, the you thing that save, worries about that is that I have seen Mythbusters, and I have seen a water heater explode through someone's house. Yeah. Like, it seems like there's a lot of pressure in there. But I, that's So you just turn it off before okay. you open it up. All right. Pretty right, straightforward. Right. Yeah. Okay. But so, uh, yeah, you turn it off, you let it cool off before you do it, obviously. There's yeah, a whole, but you can You don't want to do it in the middle of winter. Probably. Right, right. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can Google the instructions. Yeah. It's, you know, like, but it's a thing you can do from home. You could do it You could do it drunk if you really wanted to. It's really straightforward. You can do a lot of things thing. drunk if I really want to, but I yeah, swear. yeah, it's a matter if you need to. Yeah, yeah. 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 But unscrew the thing, take it out, pop in the new one, screw it in, boom. And your thing's probably going to last for like a whole other lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to save you a 1000 to 1500 or more, depending on wow. what you're spending, you know, in general, just because of like how much it costs to get another water heater installed. So I was telling people that when I was an energy counselor. Yeah. You know, Brandon, you're not supposed to tell people that. Centerpoint doesn't want us telling people that because, so CE's awesome. Fuck Centerpoint. Centerpoint, you hear this? Fuck you. So, <laughs> well, you know, Brandon, you can't do that because uh, because Centerpoint actually makes money from installing water heaters into people's houses. Yeah. So by telling them what they can do to never have to swap their goddamn water heater out, yeah. like, you're just kind of shooting them in the foot. And I'm like, well, isn't the whole point? Like, don't exactly. I work for this nonprofit, not Centerpoint? Yeah. yeah, but they fund the program and blah, blah, blah. And my response, honestly, was, okay, sure, I'll do what you say. And then I would just tell the person anyways yeah, because sure. fuck evil corporate douchebags that don't, you know, like, we're going to make this bullshit thing so that you're going, like, basically my job was, in my head, was save these people money. Use everything you know about construction and houses and, mm-hmm. and energy and all that shit and just explain to this person who's either a retired couple or exactly. maybe they just bought a house yeah. or whatever, you know, hey, man, here's how you save money on your utility bills because we live in Minnesota and you're fucking paying a shitload on your gas and your yeah. heat all year round one yeah, way or the nothing other. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. yeah, it's just part of the game. So I, I felt good about that. I legitimately felt really good about that job for about a year and a half until that shit came up. <laughs> and then it all goes down. And then it all goes down. I didn't stop doing it, and they fired me, and I became a filmmaker. So they yeah. need a bag of dicks. Exactly. Here, fucking cheers, cheers to, to them. <laughs> So, and what's the big day again? April April 18th, man, 2016. 18th, and there are tickets barely available for it, and then there's another showing on the 21st. On the 21st. Yeah. And MSPIFF has, has a, there's, like, I can't imagine them not playing it some more because they have, like, once you, once they, if you, they pick you up as an official selection, excuse me, they get to play it for X amount of time. So yeah. this is just the first two guaranteed, and then. And if you were looking to buy tickets, you would go 
to uh, MSP IFF and go to their schedule and, and look all that up. Or if you just go to the world, if you go to the world yeah, has sure no ideas Facebook be page. This is hell. Yeah, oh. yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on. That. I was on that shit quick. Yeah. I was like, I was actually like, like cracking jokes on my regular page today. Like when you that that moment when you see marketing graphics yeah. that you made appearing on other websites. Yeah. Like yes, good, good. <laughs> Tell others. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, if you go to the world has no ideas Facebook page, man, like us on Facebook. I work hard on that goddamn. On that thing in particular, just in the, just in the the sense of, I literally get up every single day and pick, uh, I'm gonna say four or five different idea lyrics and just post those. Yeah. And that actually gets a bigger response than like most of the other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know that's how it works. Yeah, but I'll, right. But I'll do that and a couple of memes and like uh, like I've got a, there's a bunch of videos on there that I'll kind of share around or whatever, which is a lot of just like him freestyling stuff of live shows of his that kind of thing. And, and stuff uh, that you could see on the documentary, or this is exclusive stuff that just kind of happens to be around. Some of it's just stuff that just happens to be That's around. Great. You know what I mean? So exclusive content. <laughs> there you go, right there on the Facebook page. Right. So it's on the 18th. Right now, we know they're doing a second one on the 21st. Go to mspiff.com, I imagine, or just Google sure. mspiff. Google, right. Google it might be .org. I'm not yeah. sure. The Film and Society of because Minneapolis. I've got a friend who I believe is in. Somewhere in the south, and it might even be Arizona, who's planned his trip back to Minneapolis. He's visiting his mom to correspond when this was showing. <laughs> awesome. I love And I already. hope, like, That's fuck, awesome. he already got a ticket because he's going to look like a real asshole if he shows up here and it's sold out. Yeah, so he should probably buy that quick. Yeah, yeah, get right on it. So uh, what's next then? So, I mean, this was your obsession for, I mean, a long time, but you spent a year working on it. I mean... Filming and post all in a year, huh? Yeah, that's, that's snappy work. Good for you. So, Thank what you. what are you what are you gonna obsess upon next, or does this just keep going? I mean, now we're in post post production. Now it's a matter of further shopping it around. You yeah, know, well, this, this get, a, is, get a VOD. You know, I mean, do what you got to do. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I want to get it. I want to try to. As far as the world has no idea goes, I want to try to get it to movie theaters. Like that's 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 important to me. Yeah, it, it'd be like I could definitely just start selling a, a digital right now and make yeah. a little bit of scratch. Not, I'd make more than a little bit of scratch to be honest. But <laughs> I think that. I think it's important to try to take it all the way. You know what I mean? Of course. Because it's a story that deserves to be told, and he was literally insanely talented. Like, the people, the people that I had watched the documentary to like give me some feedback before I actually started like you know submitting it to festivals and stuff like that. Uh, the the, re, the 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 consistent reaction that I got when they watched it, and this is what I loved, was. Man, did he just never sit down? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just, because that's what I focus on. He is like, a ball of energy. Yeah. yeah, he was just always doing different stuff and learning different stuff and make taking it upon himself to keep fucking pushing. And he's not, you know, I'm not trying to make him to be bigger than he is. We discussed some of the the, the, the downsides of his personality and yeah, the stuff that ultimately kind of yeah, went and downhill. That's kind of what I was touching upon. With his mom, I mean, how hard was that? She's, is she a co-producer? I mean, she's got to have yeah, she's like a, that. Yeah, she's a co-producer. So, but was, I mean, to actually touch upon stuff like that, I mean, that's got to be hard to do and show his mom. Was that the case with it all with us? I mean, have you seen, have you seen, uh, have you heard the song Flicker, the atmosphere song Flicker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the part where he mentions, like, how body discovered by, your, by his own, by your own mother? Mm -hmm. Like, she describes what that was like in yeah. the film, you know what I mean? So, it's, uh... So yeah, it was definitely hard for her to talk about some of it. Yeah, for sure. That was you know that was difficult, but um, but no, there wasn't a lot of like. I felt that I had a lot of freedom to kind of tell the story I wanted to tell because the story I wanted to tell was how amazing it was. If I wanted to do, 
you could you could pick anybody and do, do a, a story on. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, and yeah, just yeah. do a story about like, well, this is why they sucked. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not the movie I'm making. But I it's really... also a much. It's usually a much more precise, shorter film too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because you right. know, to focus on the negative stuff, I mean, that's the like... good stuff comes to the top real quick. You know, yeah. with with the with the you know when it actually comes to stuff that makes us human and interesting, there are much more nuances. Right, right, exactly. All right, Brandon, uh, we are now at the end. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being on Dive Bar Mitzvah here at the Cardinal. Thank Thanks you for again. Me. And yet again, it is on the 18th, uh, which is about to sell out, if it hasn't already, and then on the 21st, and then probably other times. The world has no idea. World premieres. Can you have world premieres? Sure. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, regardless, Google a Minneapolis St. Paul International Film Festival. See when it's playing after that, because you're going to want to see this. And hometown movie about a hometown boy done by a hometown filmmaker which is pretty damn rad Uh, Brandon yet again thank you for doing this and now a shout out to all of our sponsors here at Dive Bar Mitzvah and let me tell you about them Uh, we got Pabst Blue Ribbon always in the picture always in good taste Pabst Blue Ribbon add extra flair to those leisure time activities put original Pabst Blue Ribbon in the picture Uh, people of good taste naturally go for its old time beer flavor original Pabst Brewed as it was when it wore the gold ribbon in 1893. So next time, put yourself in the picture and ask for a delicious Pabst Blue Ribbon, as we had, as we did tonight here at the Cardinal Bar on 38th. We'll say 38th. I don't know what street we're on. I don't know. It's an exit off 55. 38th and Hiawatha. Is it 38th? Was I actually right? Yeah, Is it yeah. actually 38th? Wow. Yep. I just pulled that out of my ass. I'm amazed. <laughs> All right. Uh, our friends at Stand Up Records, we like our comedy like we like our booze, straight up and bitter. Check them out at standuprecords.com. They have new records out all the damn time. Um, who's up next? I can't even remember. But uh, Maggie Ferris, Mary Mac have albums out right now. Jim David, uh, local favorite, Corey Adam, Ryan Singer, who's coming to uh, the joke joint in scant moments. So check it all out. There's always good stuff happening. And, ladies and gentlemen, our friends at FGC Creative, our big, bold friends. Um, FGC's awesome. Oh, you know FGC? Oh, that's great. Uh, Dive Bar Mitzvah is helping FGC Creative uh, celebrate their first anniversary. Uh, they are offering custom screen-printed T-shirts for the low, low price of $2.99 each. That's right, motherfuckers. $2.99 each. It's their way of saying thank you for making their first year a success. It is a, it's the Dive Bar Mitzvah deal. So all you have to do is go to fgccreative.com slash divebar and take advantage of this. Yet again, $2.99. Um, you know what? You're walking around. Probably looking like a schlub. I've seen the people who listen to this show. I think that you could upgrade yourself. I think you could look a little bit better. You need to design yourself a fucking logo. You know what? I mean, <laughs> in, 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 I mean, spring's coming up. Everybody, I mean, if you're single, looking to mingle. Uh, you, how do you separate yourself from the rest of the pack at the bar? I'll tell you how. Design yourself a fucking logo. Put it on a t-shirt. Two ninety nine a shirt. We'll make it happen at fgccreative.com <laughs> slash dive bar. Boom, everybody. That's Dive Bar Mitzvah this week. Brandon, yet again, shake my hand on a podcast. Nobody can see it, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> Feel the love here at the Cardinal Bar. I'd like to thank all of them, everybody here at the Cardinal Bar, which is just our waitresses, who did not kick us out. They were actually very pleasant to work with. I thought they were great. A lot they of times awesome. when you show up with shit, people look at you like you're an asshole. Not tonight. <laughs> I want to thank you. Thank you for doing this. How are you doing? Okay. Me too. You're all shy. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's adorable. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week.